0: I want to talk about stirring up passion or bringing back the fire. What do you do when, when the fire is, seems to flicker? What do you do when passion is almost gone or completely gone? Oftentimes, passion comes so easy when we are in an environment that is charged up with God's presence like what we had, just had, during worship. Are you blessed because of the worship, the depth of worship? Are you, are you encouraged? Did you have a stirring, of passion? Do you think you had an encounter with God? Yes, you can say that. Once we are in that atmosphere, it's just so easy to, to just flow. And to be plugged into what God is doing. And when we are surrounded by people who are, who are really hungry, who carry so much of, of passion, we get to be infected or affected by their passion. That's why if, if your, your light is flickering like, um, like coals, alone, a burning coal will die out. But together with others, it will keep on Just burning with so much flame. Are you with me? But sometimes there there is a setting in which maybe we are left out to fend by ourselves or to fight, to contend, and to believe. And we have prayed, we have fasted, we have declared, and nothing seems to work. Who among you here would say, I think... I've been to that situation several times. <laughs> well, that's part of the process. Are you with me? That's part of the process. Sometimes you, you, you think you got it, and then the moment you say, yes, I got it, and then you slide down. And then in that process, you c- keep on believing. Yes, something will happen. He promised. And, and like in a moment, because you cried out to the Lord, a breakthrough was given. And there, right there, you're, you're back on the top again. And then a few moments or a few days or a few months in that passion, you slide down again. Where am I? Where's the presence of God? Am I lost? What did I do? What have I done? Am I under sin? Lord, help me. Okay, nothing is working. You preach. I mean, people got messed up in the wrong way. <laughs> really messed up. And then, oh God, I thought I heard from you. And then again, in a moment, maybe you, you, you fasted and you just you persisted and then boom, you're, you're up again. Don't you know that has been the pattern In the dealings of God with these men, mighty men and women. David anointed, boom. He he was left alone um, during the ceremony. He was left in the field, and then suddenly he was called and he was anointed. Right? That's good. Afterwards, back to business, shepherding, silent and quietness. I thought I was a king. Where's my crown? It was just a boy. And then what happened? Goliath. He killed Goliath. He's on top again. Wow, this is amazing. Afterward, Saul wanted to kill him. And for how many years he went he, he through that process, and then he became a captain of the nobodies. And then he raised them up, the 400, the 600, and he was on top again. And then you see this process. You know, if I may borrow the illustration of Lance Walno, that's how the crowns on our heads are formed. So who wants to have a shining crown? So the key is to have a consistency of the heart no matter what. The key is to be able to stir up passion when no one is there to encourage you. No one is there to applaud you, affirm you. No one is there to listen to you. No one would rub your shoulders or rub your head or whatnot. No one is there to comfort you. How do you survive? How do you, how do you uh, come out in victory? It's all about the heart. David displayed a heart of consistency in all of the seasons of his life. It's the same with Joseph. You know, it's the same story. Are you getting this? He's got, he got a word, boom. And then afterwards, his, his brothers tried to kill him. man he was in the pit. And then he came out of the pit, he got sold. And then he, uh, afterwards, you know, he worked well, and everything was being blessed by, uh, in the, the house of Potiphar and all that. And then afterwards, you know, he got promoted, and then he was, I mean, he, he, he was accused of raping Pottiwar's wife, and boom, he was down again in prison. Then opportunity came. He he interpreted dreams, and then again he said, "Remember me when this dream happened," and he was forgotten. Who wants this process? Again, my message tonight is this: is how to stir up passion when things go wrong around you. When you tried to prophesy, you, were, you had faith, you had a promise. And you believed, and you fasted, and you waited. And as if everything was contrary against the very word spoken to you. So, you know, passion is so essential in living life the fullest, persons or individuals without passion, they merely exist, they are just surviving, they are not living lives to the fullest, so, and passion by the way is connected to your purpose, when you do not know your purpose in life, when that is not clear, I have to say it right now if if your purpose in life is not clear if you're not living for a specific purpose your passion will be very low because passion is connected to the purpose that Christ that God has for you that's why David clearly said my heart is fixed one thing I desire There is definite, definite passion. There's definite purpose. And so he was, you know, the plan line of everything is this, the purpose of God for me, the presence of God. One thing, that is it. Any time that my passion is lost, He would go back and say, he would pray, uh, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And he asked for the forgiveness of God. He asked for the presence of God because that is the plan line. If you are a person with no more other agenda, no more other option, you know where to go back. Be a person of one purpose. Are you with me? You have to clarify that with your creator. You have to clarify that with God. I just want to be what you have created me to be, what you have designed me to be. So anytime that passion is gone, you have to go back to his presence and ask him, Lord, what, what, what was that that caused this? Okay, we will, we will uh, move The good news is this when you seem to feel like you lost your passion, I tell you, your passion can be restored. Because our God is a God of passion, He is passionate. Are you with me? Jesus displayed that here on earth. He said, For this reason I came. He's got a clarity of purpose. And so he was passionate, he was able to face the cross, he was able to face ridicule, he was able to face resistance, sickness or whatever, even even death because he, he was so clear in his purpose, in his life. So, you know, there are individuals wired or they have an inner conviction, a clear inner conviction and the ability to express their passion. You know, you see people like that. Uh, I, I mean, do we have that in this crowd? Some of the guys, you, you would envy them because they just bubble up. I mean, uh, they speak with, so, they ooze so much. Uh, what, what's that? I, I don't know. There's just, I hope it's not air. <laughs> but they ooze something. When they speak, people are, wow. He's the guy. He's the man. <laughs> There's just something in Him. But there are individuals, maybe most of the people, they have passions that are dormant. Or some of them maybe dying or silenced for whatever reason. Or forced to be in darkness because they fear ridicule. Or maybe they were rejected. Or maybe the way they were raised up. Maybe because of poverty. Or maybe because of lack of education. Or maybe because of lack of of information. Or so many reasons. Or maybe because of sin. That passion is put to death or put into silent mode. I tell you, the devil wants you to be A person without passion. Because once you are a person without passion, he can just hook you wherever he wants you to go. A dead fish will not go against the current. I think that's good for FB status. If you are really alive, if you are living with a purpose burning in your heart, if you are believing God for great things and you know it and you know and you know and you know that you've been marked for, for, uh, to, to be a world changer You have been been honed by the Holy Spirit for something that is big, bigger than you, bigger than your life. I tell you, you will go against the tide. You will go against the current of this world. A man of passion can't be denied. A man of passion, the the world will try to silence him, but his life will speak so much words. Just to give you an illustration, um, who among you heard about uh, Risa Laurel? Um, I think last year, uh, during the bar, uh, bar exam, somebody threw a grenade or a pillbox. Did you hear this? At least two individuals, they had their limbs amputated. And one of the victims, her name is Raisa Laurel, and she, she is a second-year law student. She's not even somebody who graduated law and taking up the bar exam. She was at the wrong place at the wrong time. But it's amazing. She's a woman of so much passion. Yeah. You know, the moment she, I mean, she she got amputated, and the doctors had to remove both limbs. And, you know, she said, this can't stop me. I've forgiven all those who did it. I will become one of the greatest lawyers. Come on, guys. I will be a lawyer. I think. That's passion. A person of passion cannot be denied of his or her destiny. Come on. If that destiny is really for you, you will get there no matter what. <laughs> the more the enemy tries to stop you, the more you become stronger and stronger. The more you build muscles, the more you endure, the more you have capacity, the more your faith soars. Her life is a testament of passion, so much so that the president himself said that she is the icon, the living icon for Filipinos of our time. That's passion. So, I want to, uh, through the scriptures, just uh, give you points on how to stir up the passion in our hearts. And I believe one of the marks of great leaders is this. Their ability to stir up passion within them when no one is around. There are good leaders, but great leaders, they are formed in the hardest of environment. Yet they succeed and then they change their environments. They will always have the right perspective and meaning to their circumstances. Yeah. (laughs) You beat them down, they say next time around, I'll win. I learned. Are you with me? Yeah. You try to mock them. Next time they will forgive you. They will smile at you. Next time they said, I'll be better. Okay. So how, how, do, you, how do you stir up a passion? Let's go to First Samuel chapter 31 to 10. And this talks about David and one of the hardest times of David. Let's read. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. On the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. In short, that, uh, that station of them got burned everything. Okay, verse 2. Let's, let's continue. Um, we'll just read through up to verse 10 and then um, highlight points. And had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way, verse 3. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. So everything was gone. Everything that, that David invested on, <laughs> that David built up until that time, through the hardest season of his life, all gone. Okay, let's continue. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Imagine this. These are mighty men, the 600. And they wept to the point of really losing strength. I mean, how, have, you, have you cried a lot? To, I mean, you, to the point you, uh, you lose your voice or... Okay, verse 5, and David's two wives, Ahinoam and Jezreelites, uh, the Jezreelites and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive, verse the closest to his life, 6. Now David was greatly distressed, okay, take note, he was distressed, okay, he, he, he did not, he did not say, no, no. Uh, this is all right, I'm, I'm all right. No, he was distressed. This is, this is not denial. So many people just, just dump things out and say, no, no, there's nothing wrong when they are being eaten up by cancer or whatever. No, that's, that's crazy. Faith is not that. Faith is what? Faith is not denying that there's mountain in front of you. Faith is this. Faith is denying that mountain the right to be standing in front of you. You do not say there's no mountain in front of me. No, you say yes, there's mountain, but I deny this mountain. It's right to be standing in front of me. So I contend, I fight, I <laughs> are you with me? I press him. So distress for the people spoke of stoning him. Imagine. The very people he raised up, the 600, now wants to kill him. And I tell you, these guys were mighty men. Imagine 600 stones. And they are actually rocks for us Filipinos. I mean, huge rocks. They were about to stone him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David... He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This is amazing. A picture of of defeat in one hand and David the king to be in the middle. How do you handle this? He himself was so distressed. He was about to be stoned. What was the course? What was the decision that he made? And I tell you this is one of the greatest display of what kind of heart David possessed. You would only know what you are consistent with or consist of when you are under pressure. You won't know that you are really maturing enough if you are not in a context in which you would use the the potential, the, the power that is inside of you. We go to India... You know, some of the guys, Pastor Nick and uh, Grace, you, those who were with us, we went to India for se- several times, especially for, for me. And there I saw the, the, the measure of anointing. The, when I saw blind eyes are opening, lame are walking, uh, deaf ears are being opened. It's just amazing. But here in our context, it's, we, we, we have party here, which this is good. Hallelujah. But... I tell you, we don't know what we carry not until we are placed in a context that everywhere, every side, we are being pressed. And then what's inside of you is coming out. Tell the person next to you that has to come out. The power inside of you, the potential inside of you. So if you are being pressed, be inspired, be encouraged. Okay, so my first point is this. How do you stir up passion? Number one, make a choice, an inner choice, an inner resolve to strengthen yourself no matter what your circumstance dictates. Say with me, choice. choice. It's a choice. It's a choice whether David, uh, you know, David could have just say, s- said, oh, I "Surrender, <laughs> guys, just throw the stones. Lord, take me home. But no, he knew he was anointed. He knew he was a person. with a with, with, he, he knew there was a word spoken to him. He knew he was anointed. And he went through the process. And he could not just give up on this circumstance and say, I throw the towel. No, he said, no. Make a choice. If you don't make a choice, somebody will make a choice for you. You have to make a choice. He had his choice so clear. You know why? Because his heart is a fixed heart. My heart is fixed. I will praise my God. And he always goes back to that palm line, that straight path in his heart. I know where to go back. So number one, how do, you, how do you stir up passion? Make a choice. Are you with me? Even if that choice is hard, even if you have to swallow, even if it, when you swallow, it's like swallowing um, like a, a stuff air. Like sometimes when you are in a, in, in a situation, even to swallow is so hard. Have, have you tried that? God is telling you just be quiet. And the most easy, I mean, the easiest way to do it is to shout and fight. And He tells you, quiet. How do you respond? David made a choice. David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. And I tell you, listen to this this has been built in because of the numbers. Of encounters that he had with God. This is not just a one time. It has been there. Developed through the years. And so when that hardest time came. He knew where to get back. He knew where to stand. It is before the Lord. Friday after Friday we're here. You have your your Monday meetings. SODs. There, There is a purpose for that. You are being equipped for something bigger than you thought. Every exposure to the presence of God is more than just you being encouraged and you hearing that you are cute and good. There's more to it. God is building up something inside of you. He's preparing you for a throne. So through the years, David had these encounters with God when he was a boy. He would worship the Lord and minister. And he knew where the power came from when he slew, when he he grabbed the lamb on off the, the lion's mouth and the bear's mouth. He knew where the power came when he slew Goliath. He knew. So he was a man process up until this. And I tell you, when you get to this level, don't give up. Make a choice. Number two, go deeper into the presence of God. Let's go back there. David strengthened himself in the Lord. You have to know where to get it. Get it in his presence. Let's go to verse 7. Then David said to Abiatar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. This is This is amazing. Because this is prior to him being a, being a king, being crowned as king. <laughs> He's perhaps uh, based on his meditations from the book of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, he understood that the priest would be ha- wearing this ephod to minister before the Lord. Are you with me? What was David's attire when he was dancing before the Lord? When finally he was able, by, his, by, by, by the guidance of, of the priest, he was able to lead the procession of bringing the Ark of the Covenant to, his, to the city of David. What was, he, what was David wearing that time? Ephod. But I tell you, he's used to it. He's been wearing Ephod at the hardest moment of his life. Here, he was about to stone. To be stoned. <laughs> he went to the priest and he said, Can I borrow your ephod? Because this is it. I, I believe this is the picture of David. You know, when he danced before Jehovah, when they were uh, having this procession, he was, he was almost naked. With only that, and he was dancing. This is what the, the, the Lord told me. If you want to strip of everything from David, there's only one thing that will remain. His heart to be in my presence. It's not the crown. It's his heart to be in the presence of God. And certainly so his hardest moment, he went deeper into the presence of God. Number one, make a choice. Number two, go deep into the presence of God. Remove all the vestments, all the identities that the world tried to put to you. If there is one identity, one calling, one passion, it is to give glory to the king. It's to worship him and it's worth it. It's amazing. Yeah? And you could see that when when, uh, Absalom rebelled against David. And they David chose to leave the palace. And there's this one guy, as they were leaving, there's this one guy, I forgot the name, I forgot the name of the guy. He tried to mock David. And then David and one of the, the armies of David said, Will I kill this, this dog? Do you want me to kill this dog? David said, No. Just. and then he ministered before the Lord. He set up an altar and worshiped the Lord while Absalom was trying to kill him. There was a siege that was about to explode in his kingdom. Yet David will always worship the Lord. He would look for that place. I want to meet God face to face. Number one, make a choice. Number two, go deep into the presence of God. How do you stir up your passion? You have to access a passion far greater than your emotions. Number three, and Ab- Abiatar brought the ephod to David, verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord saying, he asked, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? This is amazing. This guy, he did not even say, God, please give me words to encourage the 600 men of mine that they will be pacified. You know, what was his inquiry? He's always on the future side. He sees himself winning at all times. God, will I pursue? This? Are you, he never said, "Lord, will I? Will I um, lash out? Lash out of this six hundred? Will I preach over them? You, insolent men, and you, you guys. If not for me, you will not be mighty men." Lord, give me words. No, no, no. He's, he even just, by love, I know not this is the heart of the Father. He, he even just never, never put his attention over the murmuring crowd. He looks at the future and say, God, will I pursue the Malachites? How do you stir up your passion? When you see the future so much alive and you make that let me use this a case before God God <laughs> shall I pursue <laughs> God I can see the future Do you want me to do this it's like God just give me a go and I will <laughs> are you getting this this prayer he never said God encourage me please I'm, I'm alone here please no, his inquiry is, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And imagine. And, and he answered him. This is the, 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 the fourth thing. The, the third is you have to see the future. How do you stir up your passion? You have to see the future clearly. You have to declare of it clearly. No matter what, see the future. So you will not be a slave of the present. You have to see the future. See the future. And then he said, and number four, how do you stir up passion? You have to hear his voice. Hear his voice. Elijah was this depressed, distressed inside the cave. The still, small voice of God revived. The tired, burned out, worn out prophet. Say with me, the voice of the Lord. Lord. Say it again, the voice the voice of the Lord. You know, when I, to me, this is an inspiration. Every time I go to some test, it's like sliding this way. Instead of being depressed, I use that emotion and capitalize on it to go deeper into the presence of God. Don't be trapped by your emotions. Use your emotions to facilitate your coming into the presence of God deeper. So he heard the voice of the Lord. What was the instruction of the Lord? What was his inquiry, by the way? Shall I pursue? Right? Shall I overtake them? Right? That was his inquiry. Look at the answer of God. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Uh, David, you missed something else. <laughs> you will recover everything. <laughs> That's amazing. God is always a God of abundance. We pray this level, he gives you this much. Yeah. What was <laughs> David's inquiry? Lord, shall I pursue and overtake them and I would be happy. Because I don't know what's, what's, what's happening. I don't know if they're still alive or whatever. If I can still have what I have taken away from me. This is what God told him. You will pursue, surely overtake them, and recover everything back. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. Stir up your passion. Make a choice. Go deep into the presence of God. See the future clearly and declare about your future in the midst of that inconsistencies of circumstances. And number four, hear the voice of God. Don't you know this is the last test for David? Afterwards, he got promoted to be the king. Of Israel. Who knows? The throne is just around the corner. So go through the test. Okay, tell the person next to you don't give up. Okay? Are you with me? Are you with me? Yeah. If you think like uh, it, It seems like this is not ending. This is, I'm going nowhere. No, no, don't say that. You're going somewhere because he is setting you towards a throne. You're heading towards a throne. Okay, uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 15, 1 to 21. um, We won't go through the details of this. Let me tell you the story. This is about Abraham. We are in the point number five now. Okay, point number five. This is Abraham. You can show it, uh, verse uh, chapter 15, Genesis 15, 1 to 21. Okay, uh, maybe we can read up to verse seven, just to give clarity. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Up until that time, his name was Abram, which is exalted father. In a vision vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. That's amazing. That's one of the declarations of I am. I am your exceedingly great reward. It's the person, the I am, the Yahweh, the Jehovah. Yes, you have rewards for what you do, but I am your exceedingly great reward. Let's continue. Verse 2. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Okay, verse 3. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Just like David, Abraham was distressed. <laughs> okay, it's all right to be distressed, but not to be depressed. It's all right to see your circumstance and be alarmed by it. But it's not all right to be overwhelmed by it. Okay. Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Next. I like verse 5. This is in addition to what I have shared a while ago. How do you stir up passion? You have to see the future. And you have to see it big. Did you get me? Not small future. If you want to stir up passion, you have to see what you're doing to see your circumstance in a bigger picture. So, if your stage right now is is serving or maybe washing dishes or maybe arranging things and uh, you feel like you are being persecuted. No, you're not. (laughs) Or you feel like you're being left out. Nobody cares for you. Nobody listens. No, you're not. You have to put the right meaning to what you are going through. Great leaders, they know what to put. In their circumstances, what tag to put in their circumstance. Are you getting this? What's the perspective on this? That's why David wrote, when, wrote when, he, when he said, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Because once I am on the rock that's higher than I, then I won't be thinking the way I think right now because I will be higher. What we need is the perspective of heaven in all things. Say with me, in all things. things. Say it again, in all things. things. If we are to be a people who will demonstrate the supremacy of the kingdom of God, the authority of the kingdom of God, the the reality of the kingdom of God, here on earth, right here, right now, we have to have a, a, a conscious choice to make A conscious mindset that indeed in our confession, in our choices, in our declaration, His world is superior. So our circumstance, whatever is that, is always a platform for the display of His glory. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. So here... This is in addition to my um, third point. You have to see the future. And so God revealed to you in the future. Then he brought him outside and said, you know, sometimes we are just trapped by our small tents and say, oh, I'm barren. Oh, I'm here in the desert. God, I left everything and followed you. And the only thing... ...that could spare you from a deeper depression is this. Get out of your tent. Tell the person next to you, get out of your tent. <laughs> there is a bigger world that's waiting for you to step into your destiny. Yes. See the right perspective. Okay, God <laughs> let Abraham. Come out, Abraham. Get out of your tent... And look up and see the stars if you are able to number them. Come on, count them. And look down. If you can see the heavens, yeah, try to count. One, two. And then just count the sun if you can. (laughs) So shall your descendants be if you are to stir up passion inside of you, you have to see the future bigger than you. You have to see descendants. You have to see nations. The impact of your choices. The impact of your life. The impact of your decisions and your disciplines. Come on. This is not just about me. This is about Him working through me. Verse 6. And he believed in the Lord. <laughs> Imagine this. This conversation. <laughs> I'm alone. I'm in the tent. And then God said, come out of your tent, Abraham. And God showed the stars. And that night, all the stars were sparkling. <laughs> because God had to display and everything. And he's, come on, Moses. I'll come on, Abraham. sorry, Moses. <laughs> it's not you. Abraham tried to count. And Abraham was so overwhelmed by the greatness of God. And then he said this. Count the son. The number of the son. Count it. Just imagine. Again. Just like David. Here. Abraham was standing barren. I mean no, no son. His wife is way past the age. The promise was there. Barrenness. The reality the, the, yes, the reality, the fact says she can't bear a child, but the truth says she will. And God's reality is not just the fact of this world, it is the truth, because you cannot separate God from his truth. Are you with me? <laughs> Here, Byron promised, yes, Abraham was trying to help God. He was looking for a son. And God said, no, 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 no. That's not, 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 that's not the chosen one. It has to come through you. Maybe it's like my wife is oh, way past the age and me. And then God opened up the skies. He, he said, this come. Abraham was standing in a moment. I tell you, sometimes God would bring you to a moment like that for you to have a momentum. Sometimes it's not like a big thing. No, if you are, sometimes he would bring you to crisis just to bring you to a tipping point. In which when you say, yes, I believe, no matter what, and suddenly you are on this side, the very will of God and your heart and your faith and your mindset and your mentality, your decisions are all lined up and things get accelerated, your identity becomes From Abraham, the exalted father, to Abraham, the father of many nations. Suddenly, your identity is changed. Suddenly, your resources is changed. Suddenly, you tap into the heavenlies. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. He believed in the Lord in that place. I believe. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. This is prior to the blood of Jesus being shed. But Abraham was made righteous. Verse 7. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. (laughs) It's amazing. He was living in tent, no city. Yet the Lord said, remember, I've given you this land. I've not forgotten that. And next, the story I'll tell you is this, which is my Fifth point, right? What's number one? Make a choice. Number two? Go deep into the presence of God. Number three? See the future and see it big. Okay, number four? Okay, hear His voice. And number five? Hold on to His covenant. And one of, this is one of the, to me, One of the lowest point of Abraham, but it was also the highest uh, point in some ways because of his encounter with God up until that time. The Lord sealed the deal with a covenant. The Lord said, bring out a heifer, bring out uh, this and these animals, cut it into half. Okay, are you with me? And so uh, Abraham knew God was about to make a covenant with him. He knew it. And so when he was killing those animals, oh, finally, I have this assurance. I would kill those animals. But I tell you, even the covenant in itself would be tested. Because he waited and he got tired and darkness came. His eyes were about to close and he was about to fall to sleep. Tell the person next to you, watch out. The covenant will be tested. But hold on to it. For the one who makes covenant with you, he is faithful. Yeah. And so when Abraham was about to fall asleep, what happens next was, boom, suddenly in the middle of darkness, a fire went through all the sacrifice and consume seal the deal god saying this is sealed heaven is my witness everything what i've spoken what i have promised unto you in a covenant i seal it it will happen all of it how do you stir up your passion go back to that place of covenant with god we went through things in life <laughs> I cannot mention them, but what held me through the most painful experiences I went through is the covenant. I reminded God, you have a covenant with me. I have a covenant with you. Next, number uh, six, right? Six. Sacrifice. Say with me, sacrifice. How do you stir up passion? Make a radical sacrifice. Offer up a sacrifice. If you want a release of fire from heaven, offer up a sacrifice. David offered up a sacrifice. Built an altar. Boom. Fire came from heaven. Solomon made... uh, I mean, thousands of bulls were killed. Then the fire of heaven came. Elijah... And the greatest sacrifice of all was Jesus Christ. One of the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit was released after the greatest sacrifice of Jesus. If you want to stir up passion inside of you, sometimes you need to just sacrifice. When there is sacrifice, the fire of heaven comes down. Whether you humble yourself before the Lord... Not beat up yourself. No, humble. Don't say, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm nobody. No, no, no. That's, that's beating up yourself. <laughs> Apart from you, I am nothing, oh Lord. That's humility. Okay? I, by the way, don't pray, Lord, humble me. That's, that's a scary prayer. Don't. No. Rather, say, Lord, before you, I humble myself. David said, with prayer and fasting, I humble myself. There's something released when sacrifice is done. You know, uh, we've been hearing great testimonies after the 10-day fast. Who among you here experienced breakthroughs? Come on, wave your hands. and Come on, give a hand to the Lord. Yeah, so many breakthroughs, so many breakthroughs. When we sacrifice, we make room for greater grace to come. When we give sacrifice to the Lord, God comes. Okay. Now, next, number seven. Stir up the prophetic gifts. First Timothy 1 18 and Second Timothy 1.18 and 2 Timothy 1.6 and 7. Are you, are you getting something here? Uh, this season will come. And by the way, uh, I I don't buy I don't buy the definition of of some people that the Christian life is a roller coaster. No no, that's an attitude. A, well, some, some people would say if if you are down, well that's all right. That's all right. That's it's all right to be down. That's crazy. <laughs> you don't disciple people that way. You say <laughs> in the middle of their Uh, distress or in the middle of tests you teach them how to use that very circumstance for a greater breakthrough to always have the attitude like david like abraham shifting towards the purposes of god are you with me so it's not a roller coaster. Yes, the seasons could seem like roller coaster, but your heart should be moving from glory to glory to glory to glory. Your heart is fixed. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. I'm getting older. I'm 40, going 41. Yet my being father is growing stronger. I, don't, I'm not, I, I cannot be a roller coaster father Dave and Sophie, will get, will, uh, last night David asked me, "Dad, what is no nausea? When you get dizzy and you uh, like feel like vomiting, nausea." Okay, anyway. <laughs> if you are a roller coaster leader, look at your people. the The, the guys who are following you, they are they are so dizzy. They don't know where you're bringing them. It's a roller coaster ride. Here we are again. But if you're like David, whatever is the circumstance, that consistency of heart moves people from one level of breakthrough to another and to another and to another. Stir up the gifts. First, Timothy, we're, we're almost uh, through here, um, I think, I guess. Stir up the prophetic gifts. Let's read. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. You know, that's the relationship of Paul to Timothy. Son Timothy. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Uh, Paul was encouraging Timothy when he was going through some tests. Some people were trying to question his leadership. Paul reminded Timothy, Prophecies Were given to you You have to lay hold of them Because by laying hold of them You have to stir it up Why? Because as you lay hold of the prophetic words Spoken to you You will be able to wage a good warfare Say with me good warfare When is a warfare good? When you are sure to win Come on I mean, Paul was saying, my son, you are coming out victorious. This is a sure win. But this is how you would do it. Go back to the prophetic word. Feed yourself. Not with the negative comments. Not with criticism. No. No, don't listen to them. Listen to the prophetic word. Something From heaven was released to you. It's not just for you to be encouraged. It's for you to be guided. It's for you to be equipped. It's for you to be empowered by the word. God spoke, let there be light. Something happened. Sometimes a prophetic word seemingly. like it's, It's like an encouragement. But I tell you, it's far greater than that. God deposits something in that word. Remember, he is Jehovah Sneaky. He places in something far greater than that. So don't treat words like um, simple words uh, that we are used to quoting. Um, um, like the John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave it. I tell you, up until now, we have not exhausted the depths of the wisdom and the intention and the power of that word. If we have the soil for it, we can get the nutrients. Are you with me? Every word has been carefully thought of by God who is wisdom. So every miracle, everything that's been written there. And so Paul was saying to Timothy, Timothy, you're winning this fight. Don't give up. Go back to the prophetic word. Are you with me? Okay, let's go uh, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Say with me, in you. Say it, stir up. stir up. So, you know, it's like this. God will give you a promise. He will give you uh, that prophetic word. But it is up to you to stir it up. Who does the stirring up? You. Sometimes he would give you talents, he will impart and then he will depart in a way. He imparts talents and then quietly he departs and looks, watches over you and watch what you will do with what is given to you. How do you stir up? How do you stir up? Go back to the prophetic and say it back to him. You said these words, oh Lord. Are you with me? Your words are true. You are faithful, God. I cannot understand my situation, but I believe your promise. I believe that you are the God who does not change. My, My circumstances could be changing and nonstop. It's changing and changing. But your words are not changing. Are you with me? Okay, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of, of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Remember, I prayed for you. Hey, how, mo- how many of you here, Destiny people, you had people, uh, the leaders, the pastors? Uh, people from GMA team laid their hands on you. Pastor Carlo, you had countless people laying hands on you. I mean, you, had a, you have a good warfare ahead of you. Come on. Sure win. So there's gifts inside of you. Something was Deposited. So you just have to stir it up and pick it up. It's like, it's like a toolbox. It's already there, but you cannot use it until you make a choice to open up that toolbox and say, I pick it up. I have that word. I have that impartation. This is my hammer. I have my drill. Stop, devil. Zzz, zzz. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Again, the mind is there. God has not given us fear, the spirit of fear. By the way, fear is a spirit too. Spirit of fear, spirit of love. He gave us the the, the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Remember, this is what's in your toolbox. There's no fear there. No fear. What you have is this the powerful combination of power, love, and sound mind. That's what you have. Take it out. You are loaded, Timothy. Loaded. I cannot lay my hands on you. Now, I write you this letter. Pick up what is given to you. Come on. I like this father-son talk. Sometimes it's, it goes this way. Why are you so, so lonely? What's bothering you? Okay. I cannot lay my hands on you and prophesy the same prophecy again. You have it already. Pick it up. Use that word. Slay your Goliath. Okay. I want to take that honor of slaying your Goliath. I want you to slay your Goliath. A good father will say that to his son. Okay? So verge. (laughs) Slayer Goliath. (laughs) Are you with me? Stir up the prophetic gifts. I I want I want the the word remind. 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 Go back. To the right thinking. Mind, what has been spoken to you. Okay. Connect. Uh, in connection to that is remember. That's my eight point. How do you stir up the passion? You have to remember. Put into member. <laughs> Put into member. You have to remember Psalm 77, 1, 3. This is the Psalm of David. Are you you enjoying this? And by the way, I'm not here to just uh, entertain you. I'm here training you guys. Watch out. Okay, the process is after this. Are you ready? Are you willing? Do you want your crown? Yeah, come on. Wage a good warfare. It's not a losing warfare. It's a good warfare. Sure win. How do you? Guarantee a sure win. You have a prophetic word spoken to you. Amen. Go back. Feed yourself with the word. Feed yourself with manna from heaven. The voice of the Father. The promises of the Father. The encounter. Psalm 77, one 3 I cried out to God. My eighth point is this. How do you stir a passion? Remember. Okay. I cried out to God with my voice. To, the, to God with my voice. Talagang grabe nang distress niya dito. It's like, it's like uh a, a, you know, a, a tape, like a CD, broken. I cried out to God with my voice. To God with my voice. To God with my voice. Lord! To God with my voice. He was really in distress. <laughs> And he gave ear to me. David said, He gave ear to me. Verse 2. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. Try this at home. I stretched out my hand. Oh, he was so distressed without ceasing. Oh, God. Without ceasing, my soul refused to be comforted. You know, that's the reason why I like David. He's so, he's so passionate. Even in his distress, he would be passionate in expressing it. My hand is outstretched all night. And I refuse to be comforted. People around me try to comfort me. But there's only one who could comfort me. You. It must be you. Okay. Verse 3. Are you still with me? We still, still have five minutes to go. I hope I can wrap this up. I remember God and I was, and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah, the word Selah is pause and consider what you said a while ago. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> he said, I remember God and I was troubled. And I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. pushed the pause button. What did I say? Oh my. Now verse 11. Let's go to verse 11. He said in verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Now, because of that, because he paused, <laughs> before he went through a deeper dungeon, he paused and said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Okay, this is the right things to remember. First, he said, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Next, verse 12. He said, "Sorry, I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Amazing. From remembering to talking. I will declare this. Sometimes, you know, uh, this is how the enemy works. He would let you forget. Because when you forget it, you cannot declare it. But you have to remember it so you can declare it. Because declaration is so powerful in the spiritual realm. Verse 13, almost there, 13. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is great? He is so great a God as our God, 14 I just move on until 20 because this is declared. You are the God who does wonder, you have declared your strength among the peoples. Imagine this can you still see the me, the I, the poor me? I complain. No, what happens is this God, you're great in your deeds, you're awesome, you're the God of all the nations. Wow, hallelujah. How do you stir up your passion? Remember the great things that the Lord has done. And from that place, you start building what He is to do. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. I can finish the whole psalm tonight <laughs> verse two, up to verse 20. But that's number eight. Remember, how do you stir up passion? You have to remember. And number nine. Just, I cannot tell you the whole story. Number nine, put action to your passion. Say with me, action. Action. Put action to your passion. It's not just, Lord, I'm passionate. I see your wonders. And afterwards, you go out and just, still be quiet. I don't know if (laughs) I really have passion. No, you have to, you have to put action to your passion. When When they're steering yeah, this is it. How do, you, how do you flow in anointing? When you feel the power of the Holy Spirit in and through you, sometimes like electricity, like compassion, you have to release it, go to people, and start praying. And you will jump into a flow of greater anointing. That's how I minister in Africa, in India. I sense the flow of the Holy Spirit. I pray for a person, and then a breakthrough comes, and then I look for someone else. Are you with me? Say, say with me, action put action put put something go do something go out of your tent and do something and not just be melancholic about the number of stars and the number of sands you have to do something put put action words or, or whatever works Come on, what are you seeing? Multitudes, now reach out to your classmates, your doormates. Reach out to the broken. Prophesy, pour out the anointing. Come on, it's possible. Multitudes is the level. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. You have to put action to that passion. You can never just talk about passion. No, people, when they see you, I mean, Arisa Laurel. It's a testament of passion. She breathes it. She talks about it. She believes it. She's oozing with passion. Yeah? And guys like uh, Peter, James, and John, especially James and John, they they were people of passion. They said, God... They're not believing. Jesus, they're not hearing you, listening to you. Shall we call on uh, thunder and lightning? That's a person or people of passion in the wrong place. And they were just so passionate. They said, God, I mean, the Lord, who will, who, will, who will sit on the right and on the left? Who will be the greatest? You know, Jesus did not rebuke them. That's wrong. Don't don't desire greatness. No, Jesus realigned their desire for greatness. Yes, you will be great, but this is the way. Serve everyone. That's the way to greatness. You don't put off the fire, put out the fire of that desire to be great. God wants you to be great. When he calls for Abraham, he said, I will bless you and I will make your name great. Get used to it. You are on your way to greatness. Come on. But you know, sometimes the way to the greatness, to greatness is in the smallness. And this is my final exhortation to you. Who among you? Remember the story of a king, I think his name is uh, Joash, the time of Elisha. I just researched it, this 2 Kings 13 14 to 19. When Elisha was about to die, and here's this king who went to him and said, uh, Father, father, the chariots of Israel and all that, the, the same thing that Elisha spoke about. Oh, when, when Elijah was being taken. So he used the same storyline. Maybe I can get the anointing by saying these magical words. <laughs> Father, Father, the chariots of Israel. Wow, he did it. Just smoothly, all the lines were <laughs> right on the dot. And then Elisha said, pick up arrows. And he shot that arrow And he said, the arrow of God and all that. He explained the victory of God. And then he said, pick up arrows and strike the ground. Imagine, Elisha was discipling his passion. Because he said, this is the arrow of God. Shoot, shoot it, boom. But the guy was only thinking about himself, the deliverance of his kingdom and his throne. So he cannot dream for the future. He cannot dream for descendants and generations. So he said, I just, maybe in the, in the subconscious mind, I just want to make sure I will not be dethroned. So Elisha said, Now strike the ground. How many times did he strike it? I think three times. And then Elisha just burst in holy anger and said, you could have struck it five times, six times, seven times until you have won a, a victory, a complete victory over your enemy. But because the heart is not there, the action shows the level of passion. Tama na to, tatlong beses lang. Lord, I've you. In SOD, Lord, Now I am resting. Take the arrows, it's a sure hit. It's a sure victory. The prophet held the hands of the king and said he was dying. And he was about to impart the anointing that he carries. The same anointing he got from Elijah. But this king was unprepared. The heart was not there. The passion was not there. Unlike him, Elisha was a man of passion. He pursued his father. He never stopped. He got double portion. And this king could have... Received, gotten the, the, the double portion, fourfold. Are you with me? But because of lack of passion, never captured it. There are annoying things available. There are breakthroughs available, inheritance. You, you hear stories of Pastor Carlo, our stories and crazy stories. You could, you could read about Charles Finney and, and the... The history of the church, there are anointings, not just for, for preachers, but, uh, but intercessors, but uh, scientists, researchers, inventors, and painters. There are anointings yet to be picked up by people with passion. Guard your passion. How? Be sure that fire is fed with fuel, the right fuel. The right fuel of hunger, of humility, of brokenness, and dependence. The right fuel of the presence of God. The fellowship, the the covenant among the brethren. Get, I mean, get rid of the ashes. Get rid of the flesh. Get rid of our our own uh, agenda. Make sure that passion is burning. This is my final word to you. God sends the fire to light up the altar. But it's up to the priest to tend and to keep it. To make sure that fire is burning. 1990, that fire fell at the right side of the library. Students for Christ, up until now, there are people tending that revival fire. Now it is our time to make it burn, to make it be a furnace among nations so the people will know the glory of God. And God is looking for people of passion from the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God. Suffers violent. And the violent men take it by force. Are you in this army? Yeah. Come on, stand up and just stir up your passion right now. Pray for a person next to you. Come on. Woo. Come on, give a hand to the Lord. I, I'm Come on, give a hand to the Lord. Come on. Shh. Pray for someone. Pray for supernatural passion. for the assignment that is on that person. Pray, come on. Come on even your prayers should be passionate come on not cute little prayers hey yeah oh God hear the cries and the desires of this person and use them mightily yeah. let it rain those who are watching the live stream right now release that passion that comes from your very heart from your nature you are consuming fire Oh, the God who is the God of a consuming fire, like a consuming fire. Hallelujah!